Hi, this is Pat Whitley. Can I have your attention for a second? I want to tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact that I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. This is Alma the Santa. Eric Newman. Eric Newman. This is Ernesto Perez Carreño. Hi, this is Glenn Case. Nick Perdomo. Nicholas Perdomo Jr. This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's. This is Jim Young from Davidoff of Geneva. This is the Cigar Authority. The Authority. Are you saying pal? On everything cigar. In. I get it. And out of the cigar industry. I know what it entails, and I'm ready to nail it. With your host. You know, you're, you're funny. David Garofalo. I'm funny how? Like I'm a clown? I amuse you? What the f***? so funny about me, don't Mr. Jonathan. Damn it, who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Very stunned. Sportos and motor hits, geeks, bloods, wasteoids, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Chuck Morrison. I am 35 years old, and I live in a van down by the river. It's time to light him up. <laughs> it's time <laughs> for the Cigar Authority. Light him up, light him up, light him up, everybody. January 10th, 2015, broadcasting live. From Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And today, what does it take to become a cigar taster for a major cigar publication? Courage. Cigar Journal has been knocking, and I'm just a guy to say, hell yeah, we'll light up a cigar today made by a doctor, actually a surgeon, and we'll also smoke a relaunch of a real classic. We got both engines revved up as we're pounding down Twin Engines Coffee. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Well, it, it says ponding down, just for the record. So <laughs> we're ponding down Twin Engines Coffee. Pounding. You're listening. You're listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location this week, high atop, high atop the Twin Peaks Mountain Coffee. Twin Engines? Twin Peaks? It's Twin Engines. Twin Engines Coffee. Worldwide He's worrying about my spelling. He has one I, line to read each week. That's all. And I flub it up every, every time. time. Just every time. Just makes me look better. And we're the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist and demand that you light Correcting up along with us. During the, during the show. Tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes or YouTube where you can set it and forget it on both. And uh, I would like to point out in the five years we've been doing the show, we've had... The, Three show opens before Barry. Yeah. Barry's been on for five months, and he has now had five changes to the show open. He, not, he wasn't happy with his... Uh, he changes it every yeah. month. 
How is that possible? I want to avoid repetition and boredom. But I had nothing to do with this one. This one came as a surprise. There we go. So uh, Barry is on the wheels of steel over there doing producing today because gentleman Chuck Morrison has once again chose the New England Patriots, go Patriots. over the Cigar Authority. I will say uh, to Chuck's credit, he was here bright and early this morning before the store even opened, going over the setup with Barry, making sure that the eyes Because he is a loaded. gentleman. He is gentleman Chuck Morrison. And when they do say during the uh, New England Patriots broadcast, they bring him up as Chuck Morrison. I would like to make a change on the New England Patriots broadcast and refer to him as he should be referred to as gentleman Chuck Morrison. I, I agree with that. Let's see if we can get that. If I the concur. Patriots make it to the Super Bowl, I would like the broadcast to say, gentleman Chuck Morrison, because he's a gentleman. He's debonair, and uh, he, not, he did choose them over us that he is, um, because the, the, the game is actually today. Today at 4 o'clock. Okay, so he has to be there. Uh, obviously a local game. Local game, he had to be there by 11 a.m. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's doing it right now. Uh, so he's probably not listening. So we can say bad stuff if we want it. We want it to. Explain. We could. That wouldn't be very debonair. No. Plus, it's broad. It's it's recorded. Which All is... right. So we are drinking. Before we get to what we're smoking, we're drinking twin engine coffee. Yeah. It's a single origin coffee. We had Colin uh, Ganley on two, three weeks ago. Was it three weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh, and he was talking about his coffee and talking about the Cuban embargo and bringing in his thoughts. And he was kind enough to send us some coffee. So we're going to not just smoke cigars today, but we're going to evaluate this coffee for whatever it is you evaluate coffee yeah, for. I've been, I've been drinking it already. We've been pounding them down. P-O-U-N-D-N-I-N-G. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I pawned mine. And it's it's been a coffee year so far because we had um, – the guys from Smoking Jacket, Hendrick Kellner Jr. on, who brought yeah, us coffee. He did. We got coffee in from uh, Colin, and uh, you bought me coffee for I Christmas. Got you some Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. Right? So it's been a lot of coffee. We're speeding up. We're cranking, uh, and hopefully that's the type of year it's going to be, and hopefully our hearts don't explode. Um, <laughs> so we have a cigar uh, I have never tried before. Uh, it came in uh, via the mail. Somebody sent it to you, Barry. Yep, Dr. Gabby Caffey sent it to us. Uh, and that's the cigar. We're going we're gonna to have him on uh, today on the show. He's going to uh, Skype in or whatever you call it. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, that it works out. But uh, this is his cigar. He's, he's actually a medical surgeon. And uh, instead of coming out with a new uh, valve for the heart or anything like that, he decided to come out with a cigar. Uh, I like it. Limitado Anniversary, 1901. Tell me a little about this. Well, the cigar is being distributed by Puros Indio Cigars, who recently announced a change in the company hierarchy. And uh, these cigars um, will be available in stores eventually, um, if they're not already out there. It's best. They're best known, the factory is best known for Puros Indios and Cuba Alidos. Aliados. Aliados, thank you. You know, I am a gringo after all. Puros Indio Cigars was owned by... Orlando Reyes Sr., who died in 2012. Reyes was born in Cuba, and he first uh, produced cigars out of a small factory in New Jersey. As for the cigar itself, the Cafe 1901 Don Fernando Maduro is measuring in at 5x50, and the cigars feature a Nicaragua Habano Maduro wrapper over binder from Honduras and fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. This is not a Robusto that we have here. This is a trifecta. 
So we got the Toro, rather. Um, okay. I reviewed the Robusto on the website this week, so okay. that comes in at 6x52. And same blend. You got a Nicaraguan Habano Maduro, Honduran binder, filler from Dominican and Nicaragua. All the tobacco is aged <laughs> five to six years, and it is made at the Puros Alidos factory in Danley. Aliados. Aliados. Would you like one, Barry? Yes, I will. Hold on one second, and I'll grab it from you. And the good doctor is already in our chat room, so he'll be ready for when we bring him on the show in 30 minutes. The good doctor. <laughs> He's early. That's good. It's better than the doctor being late for you. But, jeez, um, nice-looking cigar, beautiful wrapper. Again, the wrapper again? The wrapper is a five- or six-year-old uh, Habano Maduro from Nicaragua. Nicaragua Habano. Maduro, and this is a legitimate Maduro, none of that painted dyed stuff. This is a beautiful, beautiful wrapper. Uh, a lot of oil, so yeah. there's some tooth to it. Very nice. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna get to you right now of uh, smelling the cigar. First off, uh, quick, quick lesson here of uh, smelling the cigar. Take it out of the cellophane. Number one. Don't smell a cigar through the cellophane because it's ridiculous. You can't smell a cigar. <laughs> you can smell cellophane. But there's two ways to smell a cigar. One is smell the outside wrapper. You hold the cigar long ways underneath your nose. You slide it across. You want to see while you're taking it in a video example of that. You can you can Google this. The one of the two guys smoke shops commercials. I, uh, oh, that's right. You're the other guy. I was the nose model. Yeah, the nose model. And uh, I was able to yeah. do it the correct way. So there, there's an aroma to the outside wrapper of what that is. And then there's the uh, foot of the cigar. You have the head of the rounded part, the head of the cigar, the foot straight cut off part. You put that under your nose. You smell inside the cigar. Which I'm getting a little bit of molasses and a, a slight raisin. Yep, a little sweetness to that. Of the tobacco we in got there. A little, a little bit of barnyard, some hay. So this this is a blended cigar. I mean, multi-country multi uh, blend here. Uh, so let's give it a cut. Let's give it a light. Let's see what it's all about. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality tradition and excellence. They stand for a lot more, but that's the mantra. That is the, basically the main thing what they stand for, quality, tradition, and excellence. They stand for tradition. They stand up for it. Well, they, They're for three, it. Three generations. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So we'll give this little cut. Very well made. Um, I'm, I'm squeezing it uh, across the whole thing to see how the uh, construction that's is. One of the, that's one of the ways to test uh, construction is finding ho if you can find hollow spots in there. That's not good. Yep. This has no hollow spots. And a good pre-light taste. Mm -hmm. A little nutty, a little bread. That's because you're on a no-carb diet. Yeah. Anything. Craving bread. <laughs> it is the time of this year. This is, remember when you were a kid... The bread that you boiled in the can. You boiled? Brown bread. You didn't boil it. You baked it in the can. Okay, then my mom did it wrong. She did it wrong. She did it wrong is what she yeah. did. Yeah, brown she bread in the boil can. It. Yeah, she used to boil it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you bake it. No, I'm not Irish, but... They boil well, that's true, they do. Everything's boiled. Okay, so uh, let's light this bad boy up. We got the Champ Lighter. 
What kind of what company is this? This is Vertigo Champ. The Vertigo Champ features an onboard bullet cutter and uh, a big ass tank. It's shiny. It's cool. Yeah, this is a full metal jacket, lighter, um, high end looking. It has a triple jet. It has a chrome cover. What I like about the chrome cover when you lift when you uh, lift it up and you're lighting your cigar, you can actually see your, the cigar itself being lit so you know if you're taking a drawer in it if you got a nice even burn which I do tell you right off the bat this is the first time lighting up the cigar very well made you don't hear a lot about uh, the people of Piros Indios anymore I'll tell you uh, uh, in its day when that company started out Rolando Reyes senior uh, put that company together that was one of the big ones for Cigar Aficionado uh, in 1992-93. Uh, cigar Aficionado was new. Uh, they tried that cigar. It was a big deal. Uh, it was having its uh, worldwide launch and they gave it one of the highest ratings they had ever given a cigar at the time and I believe still to this day and the cigar wasn't even out yet. I put a call into the folks at, uh, at uh, Cubaliados, um, Puros Indio Cigars, they were coming out, and um, I got in on the initial run. There were only 12 retailers in the country that got the cigar on the first run. Uh, I was one of the initial 12, and boy, it was like printing money. They came from everywhere to get that cigar, um, and over the years, um, they had their ups and downs as the years went on. Uh, uh, the owner, Rolando Reyes uh, Sr., passed away. And it's the grandson now, right, that uh, is now uh, controlling the factory and everything, so making some changes there. Uh, this is the, a first cigar I've had from uh, uh, from Puros Indios for many years now at this point. And Dr. Gabby Caffey will be able to tell us about some of the new hierarchy and the changes that are undergoing at the factory. And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, the cigar is pairing perfectly with the Twin Engines coffee. Very nice. We've got we're, well. The reason that there is the reason why it's pairing so beautifully because what we're drinking is the Nicaraguan cigar blend number one. Although this is a Honduran cigar, but it has a Nicaraguan wrapper on it. And, yep, just made in Honduras. And the filler is uh, Dominican and Nicaragua as well. Mm. Any Honduran in here? The binder. Okay. weren't you paying attention? I was. Okay. But there was so much going on, um, I couldn't keep track of what it is. Um, not what I thought it was going to taste like because I have a preconceived notion of what comes out of that factory which is Honduran tobacco, Honduran cigars. This is not what, what I believe this would be. I would have never guessed this is where that's coming from. You can taste a little bit of the Dominican tobacco in there. It, it has, has the tang. It has, it has the tang and then right where the tang leaves off you get the spice from the Nicaraguan picking it up right there and bringing it to the next level. It's very very interesting. Very, very interesting cigar. Um, before the show started I had a, a I started and, and next week's show uh, we'll go through the whole process of uh, what I'm going through for Cigar Journal as, as a tasting. Uh, we'll talk about it a little later in the show too but um, I, I did my first tasting of one of the cigars and wow, this is so much better than the first cigar I had. So it's going to be an interesting ride, uh, nevertheless. Uh, so interesting week. It's a it's a new year, and um, 
we're hearing from all the cigar companies. They're having their national sales manager meetings. Um, everybody's going down to the different places and talking what's going on. We've had visitors. I'm surprised. Usually uh, this time of year we don't see uh, manufacturers come up to see us because it's freezing cold. <laughs> Boy, is it, right? Yeah. Uh, we're seeing below zero temperatures, and usually they want to stay away. But uh, people are coming up. People are calling. Uh, there's uh, been lots of talk. People are, are cranking up for uh, what I expect to be a big year in the cigar industry. Uh, I had a meeting with Nelson Alfonso. Nelson is the um, the owner of Selected Tobacco. Uh, his brand's Atabe Byron Bandolero. He actually flew up this week, um, and he, he only stayed hours, but he flew into Boston, spent four or five hours here with me, and uh, flew back out. And uh, he's back in Cuba, believe it or not, right now. But uh, he showed me uh, new sizes of uh, things that he's coming out this year with. Um, there'll be new sizes of the Byron 19th century blend and the Byron 20th century blend. Uh, both um, bigger sizes of the initial blend, but both of them having a different wrapper than the regular Byron. Now they're using an Ecuadorian Habano just on those two sizes. So within the three different blends of Byron, one of the blends actually has two different wrappers on it. So it looks like a lighter, it, it, it is a lighter in color, um, but it brings on a little different taste to it. He thought it paired better with the larger size to actually uh, go into a Habano just, wrapper on it. Just to bring our listeners up to speed and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're referring to the 19th century blend and the 20th century blend, and these are supposed to reflect what Cuban cigars tasted like at that time. Specifically correct. what Byron cigars tasted like. So you're looking at 19th century, that is the... The little short, short, stout jars that look like they look the most like urns, not to be morbid, with the, the gold tops. And then the 20th century is the yellow jar. So we've got two line extensions going on to those. And uh, he's also adding a new size um, to the Atabay line. And that one is not coming in the jar. Um, the new size, and these are um, 56 ring gauge, I believe. They are coming in 30-count boxes, and beautiful, beautiful boxes. Um, the same exact blend, no change on the Atabay, but the size is larger um, in boxes of 30. The cigars, all three of those cigars are going to run at $33 retail of those sizes. So uh, presently, um, they go 20, 25, 30. This is the larger size at $33, a box of 30. Coming in at the grand total of one thousand dollars a box, one thousand dollars a box. Um, but I'll tell you, I smoke them. Yeah, they're awesome, but they're expensive. Um, you know, and it's certainly not something for everybody. But I highly recommend if if you ever want to try uh, a cigar at that kind of price range and give something to try, Atabay is the one to try. Uh, you can get in at the at the lowest end at twenty dollars. Uh, now at the higher end, when I say now, uh, IPCPR is when it'll launch. They're all done. They're, they've been aging. Uh, they'll continue to age, and uh, they'll be out for the IPCPR trade show. Beautifully, beautifully packaged. But get past the packaging. Get to the cigars because Nelson is known uh, so much as the guy that created the Bihike and all the the special releases for. Um, Habanos uh, through Cuba, all the limited releases and stuff. You tip the, the, 
the cigars upside down. You'll look Habanos, Nelson Alfonso, his name's on everyone. Right. He's also the creator of the uh, Padron 50th anniversary, the Hammer, the um, $5,300 box of 50. Uh, very interesting if you uh, get to see that particular cigar uh, in all its glory inside that humidor, how beautiful that is. And I still, to this day, have not smoked a cigar. I'm uh, looking forward to it. But um, if you want to see where Nelson's signature is on that product, and this is probably something uh, nobody knows, uh, but you have to actually take the tray out of the humidor uh, with the 50 cigars in it, and then you have to poke your head into the humidor and look, how would I say that? Inside. Look back at yourself, like towards your own belly button. Right. And then you're going to see a coin that's right. in there. A medallion. A metal medallion that's uh, glued or hammered in. or I don't know how it's in there. Um, and I knew that it was going to be there. The thing is I couldn't see it. I couldn't read it. Uh, putting my head in and reading we upside a, down. We had to take a picture of it with our phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then look, and then at, look it at it, and there it is, and it says made by Nelson Alfonso. Um, uh, and, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, I said to him, what a work of art. I, I watched the production of this as, as it was being made, and uh, I said, it's so beautiful. You have to, like an artist, right. you have to sign it. I said, you have to sign it somehow. You have to put your signature on it because it is a work of art. No, 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 I don't know. This is what's funny about Nelson. He is such a tobacco geek that although he's invented, and, and it's true, invented many, many things that have helped the cigar world, humid tubes, two different kinds of humid tubes, the new tube will keep a cigar fresh for six months without reloading it. Yeah. And this is the, this is the in quotes, the cheaper tube right. with no bullet cutter on it. A six-month uh, lifespan on that cigar, which means retailers, you wouldn't have to worry about shelf space. You could just have it out on display because they're charged and ready to go. All that stuff that he's done packaging-wise and only cares about the tobacco. Yeah. He's embarrassed almost about yeah. the, the packaging. When people talk about the packaging, especially on his Byron and Atterby cigars, he says, never mind the packaging. Let's try the, the cigar. cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about he was. He actually pulled me aside. I was. I was. We were. We were doing an event with him, and I was showing uh, kind of another cigar geek, but this guy's into gadgets. So I'm showing him the geekiness of the tube, and I'm taking the tube apart and showing him the bullet cutter and how the, there's the onboard humidification, but it doesn't just charge right into the foot of the cigar. How it's a double chamber. So I'm showing the guy all this stuff, and the guy buys a six pack of Byron tubes, goes up to the register, rings it out, and leaves. And Nelson pulls me out back and says, you got to stop talking about the tubes. That's not the story. And I'm like, well, for different people, it's going to be different things. The, the thing that's going to get this guy to try the cigar is the geekiness of the tubes. A lot once of, he smokes it, he'll understand. A lot of times that. packaging will attract the consumer for the first time. Yes. But right. that cigar will bring you back time and time again. Well, Absolutely. people end up getting the cigar, and, and it's in a beautiful jar, or it's in the, in the beautiful tube. And then they say to me after, I love that cigar I keep, but I have a bunch of tubes now, and I have a couple of jars. Can I buy it without the packaging? And I said, yeah, how many do you want? I don't have to give you the packaging to it. It's the same price. Right, right. You know, they think it's going to, well, it costs me less if I don't have it. No, it's there for many, many reasons. Uh, that packaging is put there. The way that packaging is sent to us within the jar, within, a, within the amount a box, of airspace. Within another box. With airspace, yeah. so that temperature and humidity doesn't change, and 
it, it's crazy what he ends up doing. But the thing is, he wants the cigar to be as perfect as possible when it gets to you because that's what he wants you to pay attention to. But you can't help but look at the packaging. Well, in, in his mind, he did everything from the cigar first. He went, he started at Atabay, and he worked his way backwards through the packaging. So he sees his baby inside. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. He protected that baby with all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. And we see the packaging, and he's like, no, you're missing the boat, man. Yeah, all yeah. the passion was the cigar. And he's getting so much accolades on the packaging. Um, the guys at Half Wheel have announced uh, packaging of the year, of cigar packaging of the year. And the cigar packaging of the year they chose as the number one was the Padron 50th by Nelson. Um, he hadn't known. I picked him up on Wednesday morning, and um, I believe it came out Tuesday night. Um, that I found out Tuesday um, that, that that's who won the best packaging for cigars. And um, I had emailed it to him, but um, he didn't see it. And I picked him up, and I said, hey, what did you think of that? And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. So we got back to the office. I popped it on the computer and showed it to him. He's very, very happy. But, um, again, it, he cares about the cigar itself. Right. What about the cigar? Uh, I said, you know, I haven't even smoked the cigar, the Padron 50th, yet. I have no idea what that's like. Got any? No. I said, have you smoked it? He said, well, of course. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I have no idea what it is. And he says, I think you're going to like it very much. Um, you know, I I, um, I love the Padron cigars anyway, um, but we received two humidors so far, and um, it was Christmas Eve. And these people wanted them for Christmas, so they came in, they went out, and that's it. Right. So uh, I didn't want to deprive anybody from having their Christmas present, so uh, they went out. They but, wouldn't have missed one. But I'm looking forward to uh, the next round that comes in because uh, one of them has my name on it for sure. Maybe really has my name on it. I don't know. I would hope. Well, I look forward to buying one once they hit the shelves. So. Yeah. So... Uh, Anyway, we'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, review it and see uh, how how great that cigar is. I have seen a review. I think uh, Cigar Coop actually actually lit, lit that one up. Yep, he put up a review. Yeah, and said it was great, right? Yes. So uh, I'm sure. But you're talking about fifty-three hundred dollars for fifty cigars. That's a hundred dollars a stick. It's crazy, right? Hundred dollars a stick. It's crazy. But all of a sudden, makes uh, Byron and Atterby at thirty dollars, twenty to thirty dollars, uh, not bad. True story. Definitely. All right. That music means it's time to take a break. When we come back, get me a doctor and one that loves cigars. Pretty tough to do, right? No. Dr. Gabby Caffey from Caffey Cigars joins us to tell us all about their cigars and their plans for 2015. And later, Cigar Journal is on a quest for a cigar taster on their panel. You will never guess who they came up with. Uh, we'll get Debonair with gentleman Chuck Morrison, who was on location, but of course got Debonair and gave us his information. We got Old Far Freddy and lots more. We are live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Yo, yo, yo. 
Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. She's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities, time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand pick, hand roll, and then carefully hand check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah. They're delicious, too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say, it's La Giana Havana. Oh, yeah. To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light. For there can be no great future without reverence for the past. Hammer and Sickle Tradition Series cigars are handmade, employing only time-honored methods. Meticulously crafted of individually selected tobaccos, Tradition Siri is a blend of three-year-aged Dominican Viso and Lijero, all finished inside a breathtaking five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. Tradition Siri from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. And we're back, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority, a weekly broadcast about cigars and the nonsense surrounding them. With us is Dr. Gabby Caffey, owner of Cafe Cigars. Gabby, are you there? He's there, but he appears to be muted. He appears to be muted. If you can unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. All right. Guys, can you hear me? And this is live radio, folks, and this you, is when this happens. You should be good now, Cabby. All right. Hey, guys. David, Jonathan, nope, Barry. Nope, still can't hear you, sir. Is he up on the, on the board? Maybe. 
No, he's up on the board and ready to go. And his light is lit up. Light is light, lit light up. He's lit up, and this is the terrible part that yep. happened. You want to jump in there, Jonathan, and see what you can do? Sure. Yeah, the mute part is gone off of his page, but he's still coming up as muted. He's still coming up as muted. This is unfortunate. Uh, and this is, we have uh, no gentleman Chuck Morrison, so Barry's doing his best as being a producer today and uh, trying to get it up and running. Uh, which uh, I had uh, during break. We were actually Asking. saying uh, we see Asking. you written up here, and uh, maybe Asking. he is muted for some reason or another. Um, sorry for this, uh, uh, Gabby Caffey, uh, but st stick yeah, around, really. and Jonathan's over there trying to make it en ended up happening. Uh, we are smoking the Caffey cigar, and uh, uh, Gabby is a surgeon, and... Um, mm -hmm. He decided to make a cigar brand for himself, and here it is. This is made out of the factory in Honduras that produces uh, Cuba Aliados cigars and uh, Puros Indios. And this is a brand uh, for himself, but uh, it's distributed, uh, um, I believe, by them. We'll get all this information as it's going on. How are we doing, Mr. Jonathan? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Nothing. Yeah, it's showing that he's not muted anymore, the mute button is gone, but we're not getting any sound from uh, Gabby in Miami, which is unfortunate. Is your laptop volume turned up? The Guys, testing. testing. Right. I heard so, something. We're getting him through the laptop, but we're not getting him through the board. Right. I think I can fix that. I'll be right back. All right. Mr. Johnson's trying to fix that. My apologies to everybody. This is live radio, and uh, this is what ends up happening. Uh, we can hear him, according to the listeners. The listeners can hear him, and we can't. Do you hear that, Barry? The, rest, the listeners can hear him. The listeners can hear him, and we can't. Testing, testing. Testing. So uh, the listeners can Hold on hear him. one second, Doc. I'm here, buddy. Don't worry. Well, my apologies, everybody, uh, for this. Um, I'll tell you. Yes. As a, Hello? Yes. I hear you. Testing. Gabby, we can hear you. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry, but uh, we got no, you no, finally. No. It's, it's the story of my life. How are you guys? <laughs> Good. Uh, hey, at least I'm not under an operating table and you're looking for some uh, yes. something to save somebody's life. This is only Cigar Radio. So uh, welcome aboard to the Cigar Authority. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to be on board. Barry, guys, Jonathan. Dave, I'm a big fan. I've been listening to you guys for years, and it's an honor to be on your show. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, first question, as a medical doctor, are cigars bad for you? You know, it's uh, first of all, let me say this. I, I'm, I'm not a specialist. I'm not a pulmonologist. I'm not uh, a research scientist. I'll give you my, opi my opinion with my level of education and experience. If... Properly taught to smoke cigars, cigars are not bad for you. I now, I say, that, I say that because a lot of guys out there that are new to cigars, they're inhaling them. Right. Especially young, 18, 19, 20-year-old, the millennials. And I think that's where cigar shops play such a vital role in, in having a connoisseur or a store owner with experience teaching a new consumer how to smoke a cigar. 
Absolutely, absolutely true. And you know what I see is a, a former cigarette smoker trying to get in cigars. Uh, they automatically inhale because that's what they're used to doing, and we know cigarettes are bad, uh, and it's inhaling and it's chemicals and things. But uh, the cigar I have here does not taste like this chemicals or anything like that. It seems like tobacco and tobacco only. That's, you know, one of the things that we wanted to create is a, a, a blend that was completely natural. For me, you know, we talk, there's a lot of talk in the industry. The FDA, of course, is, is I believe, harassing the cigar industry. Tobacco is, is, is to healthcare a dirty word. Just like in business, profit is a dirty word. They're not dirty words. Right. It's, education is, is what the secret ingredient is here. You cannot categorize cigarettes and tobacco used for cigars in the same category. It's night and day. I'm a huge advocate of that. Beautiful. So, okay, so uh, you're a medical doctor, uh, and uh, you do. W what makes you decide, let me get into the cigar business? How does this whole thing start out? Well, you know, my family always, uh, my parents always pushed education, and my father always had this belief. I named the first blend, by the way, after my father, Don Fernando. Um, he passed away 10 years ago, and, and he was instrumental, obviously, in my life, and my older brother, who's also a physician, he's a vascular surgeon and a connoisseur of cigars as well. He loves cigars. So you got two of us here rooting for uh, the cigar industry. That's nice. And my sister, Tiffany, lives in Honduras, and she married a doctor. I think she took the easy way out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. A few, a few less tests. Yeah, saved eight years, right? But God bless her. I love Tiffany, and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, for me, going into the cigar industry was, uh, I've always smoked cigars since the age of 18. And being from Honduras and having a history four generations old in Honduras, I noticed that the industry started to gear towards Nicaragua and obviously always the Dominican Republic. And there's been a big push for Nicaraguan tobacco. I love Nicaraguan tobacco, but... I really wanted to revive the love that Honduras had created for the cigar industry a decade or two ago. Are you from Honduras? We're from Honduras. Uh, I was born there, uh, came to the U.S. at a very early age with my family. But I've always gone back every three, six months, every year, especially now with the business. I go back frequently to, you know, to the factory to check on the rollers. and I've there's a lot going on, and I'm, I'm very blessed to have been allowed to become part of a operation with a lot of history. Yes, yes. Uh, I was uh, early on when that factory had first opened, Cigar Aficionado, and I believe it was 92 and 93, uh, put a lot of attention onto uh, that factory and the cigars that were coming out of it, and Puros Indios came out. They opened uh, an initial 12 retailers across the country, uh, and I was lucky enough to be one of them, and I'll tell you, it was like printed money. Uh, that cigar was po so popular, but as years went on, it kind of was forgotten about the country of Honduras has been pretty much forgotten about all the talk as you say has been Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic so it's nice to see uh, maybe this can revitalize it because there's always been nice cigars coming out of there you know uh, there's like I said there's a lot of history with the factory Rolando Reyes senior was an individual that I studied a lot even before I got into the industry 
Um, he's admired by he's admired by a lot, and uh, a lot of times, you know, I'll be the first to admit that we can be uh, geniuses at our trade, but maybe not the greatest businessman in the world. Uh, I have fallen victim to that, but it, it, it's all about you know taking good solid steps, building a foundation, and, and kind of creating a value product. And, and that's what I'm I've set out to do with with the Reyes family. The operation now in Honduras is uh, run by the grandson Carlos Diaz. Uh, his parents, uh, Oneida and Enrique Diaz, actually oversee the farming and uh, the you know the the crop of tobacco. We still grow tobacco. We've always grown tobacco, and it's something that for me, being involved in an operation that literally is from seed to smoke, allows me to fine tune things. To kind of create the product that I want to put out, and that's kind of hard to find nowadays. So, are you doing more than just making a cigar brand in there? You have uh, some association with them on their own products, or, or what is it? No, no, no. There is a clear division when it comes to their brands and my brand. But I do share a part of their factory floor. I've been able to uh, acquire a few rollers, and they've been gracious enough to allow me to have a certain level of control in, in, in the final product. Yeah, now, are, you, the, are you blending a cigar specific to what your palate is or are you blending one that you think has mass market appeal or are you trying to kind of find a happy medium between the two? It's a great question, Jonathan. You know, I, I like I said, I've been smoking cigars since the age of 18. Uh, over the years, I find myself and my palate kind of uh, becoming a little more sensitive and more fine-tuned. And what I, what I really set out to do is to create a cigar for the cigar connoisseur. Not really the beginner smoker, even though my blends, uh, like this Maduro, are mostly medium-bodied. They're not very strong. They're not full-bodied, although some people perceive them as a little bit stronger. We got some Dominican Ligero in there, which... On the retro, you'll get a nice little kick, a nice little spice. But I'm really targeting smokers that have been out there and just are looking for a good value cigar, something special, something natural. Okay. Uh, during the break, we were, uh, you know, talking about our little notes of flavors and things we were uh, we were tasting in there, and I, I found this uh, subtle sweetness uh, uh, in the back end of it, and I said it's almost like um, some of the tobacco has been barrel aged. There's a uh, a sweetness to it, um, almost like a liquor sweetness to it. Is there any barrel aging happening here? No, there isn't. Uh Dave, what we've done is uh, we actually get our wrapper, uh, it's a Cuban seed Habano from Nicaragua, and we actually put it through another nine to ten months of fermentation to, to just get it to where where I want it to be. And, and I, I really wanted something full flavor. Um, I wanted something that was intriguing from beginning to end. Uh, there is no barrel aging. Uh, there is no rum. I know the Rolando Reyes was famous for his uh, Cuban batoons, and, and I respect that, and I love that. But I really wanted something natural, something really that that would depict tobacco from each region. I'm a big fan of Nicaraguan tobacco, Honduran, and Dominican. So I wanted to create a kind of melody of those three countries. Okay, and this is the is the blend the 19. Uh, it's the Don Fernando, but it's uh, 1901. What is what? How does that play? Yeah, what happened in 1901? Well, the, the trademark was registered as Caffey 1901, 
what happened in 1901 was my grandfather uh, set sail from England to uh, New York to Ellis Island. And I actually, believe it or not, Ancestry.com, I was able to get on there and find some history. And I found the registry for that voyage. And my grandfather's name was on it. So there's, it's amazing. And when he arrived to New York, he was a businessman, a merchant. And everybody went through Ellis Island. Ellis Island, I don't know if uh, a lot of people don't know this, but it was really an island with one of the biggest hospitals in the country. And they would allow people to come in, and if you were healthy enough to stay, you were allowed to come to America and stay. And uh, if you weren't, unfortunately, you got deported. They, of course, didn't use that, name, that word in those days. But my grandfather spent a couple months in New York, and as a businessman, he actually was very intimidated by the amount of competition there. People had been traveling there for 20 years before he arrived uh, from Europe. So he's he, he was a textiles merchant. And in New York, you know, it's always been a big industry. Sure. He ended up, anyways, setting sail on another ship, which landed him in El Salvador. Uh, in Puerto Cortes, in Honduras, and then he found himself living in La Union, um, El Salvador. So, and down there he became a cotton farmer for about 10, 15 years, and then eventually he got into growing coffee and also got into growing tobacco. Oh, but wow. The, to the tobacco that he grew was really geared more towards British uh, American Tobacco Company, and they used that for whatever purposes they had, which was cigarettes back in those days. The first, the first... I want to say the first tobacco seed that was planted, I believe, historically in Honduras, was back in 1948 for cigars. So there's a lot of history when it comes to cigars in Honduras. What are your thoughts, just to take a, a brief detour from tobacco, what are your thoughts on the health aspects of liquor, wine, coffee, and uh, I know Dave is interested in your thoughts on Big Macs. <laughs> <laughs> Big Macs. Oh, boy. You know, uh, I think you got to be logical here. You got to have common sense, and I'm I'm not against anything per se. As an adult, I think we have certain freedoms that uh, uh, have to be respected, and you have to be responsible. I think that's the most important thing. Moderation is 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 a word that uh, you know has to be at the forefront. Alcohol to me is, you know, I love. Scotch, I love single malt bourbon, I, I love, uh, you know, it's something that we do here in the office. If things get a little bit high-end, uh, Carlos and I break out the Macallan bottle. It's a must. <laughs> it, it, it makes the day much better, let's put it that way. So are you but, operating in Miami at, at uh, the Puros Indios uh, offices? Yes. When, when I came on board, we were actually on 22nd Avenue at the old let's say 30, 35-year-old establishment of Puros Indios. And I was lucky because at the time, about two years ago, they actually had rollers there. So it allowed me the freedom to experiment in Miami. And then when I started taking trips to Honduras to, to experiment with blends down there, there was something magical about the factory and the rollers and the way the tobacco smelled at the factory level. I felt that there's a certain luster that's lost when you're just preparing cigars, you know, in a place, in a city. It's just, it's not the same for me. It's, it's not what I envision, at least. There's more of a but, romanticism once you get to the factory 
and, and more of a sense of happiness, I would think. Also, I know from my trips to the factory, it just seems like one giant family, which helps translate to really what cigar smoking is all about. Absolutely. The, the thing, uh, let me finish off with the Miami operation. When I came on board, we kind of looked at the way things were being done, and, and Frank Santos, who's been their director of marketing for about seven years, uh, Alex Diaz, the other uh, grandson, Carlos's brother, we kind of all put our heads together, and we said, you know what, it's time for a change. It's the year 2014. We actually relocated to a new facility, and we decided to stop making cigars in Miami completely. When we have a factory down in Honduras, it just kind of doesn't make sense to, to try to run two different factories, even though this one was very small, I wanted to, and, and as well, they agreed, they wanted to put all their focus in the factory in Honduras, and just purely focus on distribution here in Miami. Doesn't that also, I mean, it, it must aid as far as taxation goes, as far as being able to uh, be more consistent and make a product for less money, so you can, you can charge less money for it, uh, as opposed to rolling and, and producing in Miami. You know, it's interesting. The S-chip uh, changed the industry a lot. I, I was, you know, I've got friends in the industry uh, and um, had friends in the industry for many years. And the S-chip really changed the dynamics of importing cigars to the U.S. The people obviously started importing less cigars. They started really managing their businesses a lot tighter, uh, producing blends that were really already pre-sold to stores. Um, Making cigars in Miami was not really more expensive than making them in Honduras. What it was was, uh, you know, the reporting that we have to do was painstaking. And also, uh, again, I'll go back to what I said before, the Honduras coming out, the cigars coming out of Honduras for me were just a lot better. The only thing Honduras needed, and it's been receiving that over the past couple years, is a lot of love and attention and dedication Rolando Reyes passed away three years ago, and uh, about five years before, remember, he passed away at 89. Yeah. You want to talk about health and cigars, this is a gentleman that started smoking at the age of 14, and uh, I, th I think uh, smoked about five to ten cigars a day the, the, his entire life. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when, he, when he was getting a little bit older, he wasn't one of those guys that retired. He didn't want to retire. He wanted to live until the day that he was no longer with us. And uh, I respect that, but that also had its effect at the factory level. You know, as, as much as I respect the history and, and the family and Rolando Reyes Sr., he was, he was a control uh, freak. Uh, you know, I am too. Yeah, but he, doing, it the, doing it the old way uh, that you know, might not be the best way nowadays. I agree. The, yeah. the key to surviving in any industry is being able to adapt. And, and um, that's what the family is doing today, is, is they're adapting to the industry's needs. We have to fill a void. And, and uh, it's interesting, that's kind of, you know, here I am holding my cigar. When I launched my cigar about a year and a half ago, one of the things that I wanted to do was only cater to brick-and-mortar shops. I really uh, I appreciate what the internet has done for uh, brand exposure, but I do not appreciate what the industry has done to family-owned businesses. And my, my I come from a family where 
every one of us, whether we're in private practice as a physician, a lawyer, a musician, um, we all have family businesses. And the, there's certain things that I, I, I know as one person I can make a difference. I can create a product that can only be found at a store. And that, and that helps the store out in many ways. Of course. Uh, listen, we're big advocates of it. I, I have a mail order company myself, uh, but you know, you've heard the show before. You hear us always, uh, you know, saying that it's all about brick and mortar. That's what it's it's all about. And if uh, the if the consumer can find the cigar at a brick and mortar store, it's in their the consumer's best interest to support the brick and mortar store because uh, if they go out of business, there's going to be no launches of new products. There's going to be uh, a complete uh, change and devastation to this industry. Their uh, brick and mortar always uh, was the first and foremost uh, to cigars, and it will will continue. And if it brick and mortar goes away, it's over. So uh, th thank you for uh, putting a product out for the brick and mortar. As a as a retailer myself, uh, it's very very important. I wish more people would do it. Well, you know, it's it's uh, you know I respect, like I said, online business, and uh, I think it's just it's a fine balance. You get, you got to know when to help your brand, and you got to know how to help the uh, retailer, and uh, you also have to know when not to start hurting each other. Right. A lot, a lot of brands get hurt online and, and definitely I, I think the consumer you know like in medicine we focus on the patient in, in, in business we have to focus on the consumer and, and for me let's say my cigar retails for six or seven dollars uh, at store I feel the Is consumers get the price I don't even know the price of these well we're smoking the Toro what's the retail on this that's about seven thirty to seven fifty um, the range is six to eight dollars, between the robusto and up to the six sixty. That's a sweet um, spot. It's, yeah. it's a good price range. It's a good introduction point. It's uh, like I said, I wanted people to give me a shot, and uh, I would not exist without brick and mortar shops. Period. All these boutique brands that are coming out, and I'm cons I consider myself boutique, and that's where I want to stay. I don't ever want to get into mass production. I think you lose a little bit of uh, the passion. Yeah. There are guys that have mastered it. Uh, kudos to them. You know, uh, this two years in the industry, I have to take very smart steps, and uh, you know, I have to earn people's respect. That's very important for me. So, what 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 does the future hold for you? And uh, do you have any plans on coming out with one of Dave's favorites, which would be a shade grown mild cigar? A shade grown. It's funny you bring that up. Uh, the next blend uh, we've been working on for about a year is uh, coming out next month. We're actually finishing up packaging right now. It's going to be a shade-grown Ecuadorian Connecticut, which uh, I, we have finally been able to fine-tune the blend so that I love Connecticut wrapper, but sometimes the delivery is not there, or at least what I want. I want something creamy. I want something – I don't like anything negative. You know, you got to realize that having been uh, so many years in school, I took chemistry – organic chemistry. I took all those courses and I understand the palate and what pH levels can do. So when I look at tobacco, when we're blending a cigar, I'm actually chewing the tobacco. I'm actually trying to see how the tobacco tastes before we actually get into I see you guys smiling. You guys well, do this. So, that is so odd. Ba Barry was having me do it earlier before the show because uh, um, 
being brought on for cigar journal as a, as a taster for them, and he says, "Chew the tobacco." You know, he's trying to help me out on the on the first cigar, and it was it's funny. <laughs> it's exactly what happened. Yeah, I'm 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 obsessed with tobacco and cigars, and I think uh, chewing it. Listen, I'll, I'll, let me backtrack a little bit. You guys are going to laugh. Before I even sit down to try a blend, I like to brush my teeth and floss and actually clean out the palate, not sit there, you know, with uh, God for you. Know, I had two, three meals before, and God forbid how my palate is. I like to start with a neutral palate. I like to drink water. Some people have said that drinking water will actually make a cigar taste horrible. It'll make a bad cigar taste horrible. But really, you have to focus on cleaning the palate you know, we do have, uh, you know, we do eat some nuts as we're blending. We do do different things to kind of keep that neutral uh, palate. Acidity, bitterness, these are things that I like to avoid in my blends. I, I focus mostly on creating a clean finish. And that's something that you'll find uh, when you're done with the cigar 20, 30 minutes later. You're no longer wrestling that cigar breath. Yeah. You're right on. It is clean. Yeah, you hit the nail on the so head. So chewing the tobacco, if uh, the, the engagement that the tobacco has on your palate when you're not smoking it, you're actually eating it, and you can tell how that's going to engage your palate when you light it on fire. Absolutely. I, I, I wouldn't use the word eating it, though. <laughs> Don't swallow but it, 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 the, the sensation that happens on your tongue and in your mouth is just like the smoke ended up having the little tingleness that's going on. I gotta do it. I'm taking a part of cigar, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat it and then <laughs> don't eat it. Do it. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna light it. And I, I wanna I'm curious as a But even uh, as you're smoking the cigar, um, to actually go through the, the chewing motion uh, like you're chewing the smoke also uh, brought something on. Uh, as I was trying to uh, go through this other cigar earlier on. Oh, it does. It yeah. makes me feel like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm not even going to touch the Big Mac topic that you asked me earlier. Oh, no. I think we'll leave that out of the, out of oh, the picture. We're, we're all trying to diet around here, and uh, that's just Mr. Jonathan's use of uh, trying to add some uh, comedic uh, comedic value. value A little levity. Show. Yeah, yeah. Stick to your day job, buddy. <laughs> you know, as, as uh, a I'm sorry, as, as a connoisseur, I, I, I was always one of those guys that would kind of play with a cigar for a good half hour to an hour before I lit it. Well, that's, that's kind of where it started is, you know, when I got to the factory, some of the factory workers even looked at me a little bit odd when I started chewing the tobacco. But you know what? It it works for me. It might not work for somebody else, but, but I, I think it helps me out in creating a blend. So you're keeping uh, you're keeping your day job though too, right? No, I've uh, you know big surprise to the entire family. I've this cigar industry is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Wow. And, and and those that's are the words. Brass set. Yes, that says something, boy. Damn. Because I got to imagine the salary is pretty damn good. And uh, listen, uh, Mr. Jonathan is a, is, a, is a disc jockey. That's the business I was in before, and I made a lot of money to it. But I did the same thing. I walked out of the industry uh, even three years doing both. Uh, I would take the money I would make and throw it into which, which was the black hole of the cigar industry and uh, until uh, it, it started seeing some profit in it. 
and uh, I just love the business. And there's, there's something to it. I think it's a very unique business in that way that once it gets a hold of you, you're willing to give up everything you've done your whole life just to uh, be, be uh, all in, basically. You know, I, I uh, it's funny. You know, a lot of people think that you know, spending all those years in school and practicing for about ten years. You know, I learned one important thing is twelve years of schooling. Uh, those years are poverty years. Yeah. And uh, I learned quickly that money doesn't make you happy. There's a lot of other things. I'm very blessed to have a wonderful family. My wife is very supportive. I've got two young kids that my six-year-old son is actually more excited about cigars than, uh, you know, uh, me ever practicing medicine. Wow. So uh, it, it's it's very exciting, and uh, I know the first couple years, the first three to five years are going to be a little bit tough, but that's what I signed up for, and that's what uh, a lot of people that even Rolanda raised when he came to the U.S. in uh, 1971. It's funny, he came to the U.S. July 8th, 1971. I was born July 7th. A day before I was born, he was coming to the U.S. to do his, uh, create his legacy. So for me, I know his story. I know what he went through. He spent about 10 years of his life up in New Jersey riding his bike, going from store to store, selling cigars. I got to admit, I have it pretty good here. Uh, you know, when yeah. you look back at what the previous generation had and how they conquered their industries, We've got a pretty good foundation, and we got to take that and run with it. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and re, uh, consumers out there listening, K-A-F-I-E, Caffey Cigars. That's what you have to look for. It's a 1901 Caffey Cigar, and uh, new blend's coming, but the Maduro blend uh, is out right now. And it's spectacular. And it's spectacular. It is. Uh, and I hope everybody uh, helps you along and uh, a, a great uh, business ahead for you. Thank you for joining uh, the Cigar Authority and coming on board. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Very humbling experience. I appreciate this very much. Thank you. Thank you. When we come back, Cigar Journal is always trying to make itself better. So they want went on a quest to find a cigar tasting panel. Uh, you'll never guess what they came up with. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Cigar uh, news with Barry. Gentleman Chuck Morrison. We'll get Debonair. We have news from the asylum and old Fod Freddy. We're going to be back with a classic cigar from way back that is uh, being uh, relaunched, and we'll see what they can do with that. We're going to light it up and, and uh, see what we think of it. We'll be back with our number two. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Hey, and if you happen to be virtually hanging out with our good friend, Dr. Gabby Caffey, smoking the Caffey 1901, always remember, keep the lid end out of your mouth. We'll be back with our number two right here on the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. You know, some football players today remind me of Cuban cigars. They're weaker, they talk too much, and they don't pack the same punch they used to. Take it from Mike Ditka, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold, and check out the new Camacho Corojo line of smokes. Built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. In a world 
where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor comes two that go head to head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action. Adventure. And bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar & Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers, aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? This is Jonathan Carney with the Florida Vancana. I'm J.R. Dominguez. This is John Hart. This is Victor Vitale. Hi, this is Pete Johnson, Steve Saka. Hi, this is Phil Zangi. This is a little bit of shake. Is the Cigar Authority. Man, wait. The authority on everything cigar. Yeah. you And out of the cigar industry. Do it. With your hosts. That's a lovely accent you have. David Garofalo. New Jersey. Austria. Austria. Well, good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Mr. Jonathan. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, hey, Zeus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Barry Stein. That's what I love about these high school girls. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> and Chuck Morrison. Is this your place? No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! We get some meatloaf! It's time to light them up. There's no smoking in here. It's time. Oh, it's all right, darling. I'm a volunteer fireman. For the Cigar Authority. Hey, shake and bake, gal! Woo! Shake and And we're back here with our number two live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. This hour, Cigar Journal's looking to take their magazine and tasting panel to a new stratosphere. Wait till you hear what they came up with. You're going to love it. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, we got cigar news with Barry. We'll get debonair with gentleman Chuck Morrison. New cigars hitting the shelves and a look at an old classic. Uh, we'll look to our calendar for upcoming events and interviews and lots more. Welcome back, everybody, to this hour of The Cigar Authority. Indubitably, you are listening to The Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location this week, high atop the worldwide headquarters of Two Guys Smoke Shop here in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, and we're the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist, we demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Little frog in my throat there. Uh, you simply find us on iTunes or YouTube where you can set it and forget it on both. So at that point, it. you couldn't count to 70. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so uh, great cigar. Seriously, great, really good, shockingly, yeah. shockingly, uh, 
I was expecting less. I got more. Um, you're talking about a $7 uh, Toro, a big Toro that I got plenty left to go. Yeah. So it's going to be in an hour and 15 minutes. I'd you got say. a good value. Good taste, uh, and you got a, uh, and you've got a guy who's so dedicated. He eats tobacco <laughs> while he's blending. It. No, but uh, listen, he's all in. He's all in. He gave up his career. You haven't given up your career yet for the cigar industry. I can't do it. I know. So that's the difference. I and still have something to give. You gave everything you had to DJing. I still have something to give. Do you? But for the most part, I've given up on all the hokey stuff. I don't do New Year's Eve or any of that stuff. It's so expensive to have me. No one will hire me because. That part of the industry, but I'm that tired day, of. That's the day you're off. That's the day you can do it. You know, that's yeah. the day you should do it. <laughs> Take the big money and do it on the on those days. Um, when I gave it up, I actually came in for a couple of big ones. You know, I would take the big stuff still sure. for a little while, but that was that was about it. So, uh, okay, so there is a new cigar for us. We never smoked that cigar before. We were pleasantly surprised. Uh, now we're going to go back in time right now. We are going to go back to a classic cigar, Avo. Cigar has been around for a long, long time, um, and it's gone through its um, its heyday as far as I was concerned. Um, and it is um, the folks from Davidoff who uh, now own Avo Cigars, and um, they are going to relaunch this much like they did the Camacho brand that they repackaged it. Right. This isn't uh, hugely changed. It's slightly changed. Um, They've given it a, a more classic look, I think. Yeah. So this is a four-pack. This is what they sent us for a sample. We don't have a box of it, but we have a four-pack uh, that came with a nice gift, a beautiful it was gift nice. of a record player, an old-style record we each, player. We each got one. Thank and the you. cool thing about that is you can hook it right up to the computer so you can record the records directly into MP3. Yeah. Which was pretty awesome. The yeah. only thing I, the only issue I have with that is, I just like the way it sounds on the record. I like all the the crackles and the pops. You know, you're listening to vinyl at that point. To me, it's nostalgic. So I probably will not be encoding any of my. One of the best listening records. experiences I ever had was Fleetwood Mac's album "Rumors." Yeah, at quarter speed. A quarter speed. Quarter speed was a special pressing, and you heard stuff on that record that you cannot hear on a CD. No kidding. It was, it was the most amazing sound experience like what, I ever what, had. What, what were you hearing on it? That just the highs. The highs were a lot more noticeable. Like crispy. you were able to hear, they were crispy. You were here to, able to hear certain sounds from Mick uh, Mick Fleetwood on his drum set. You know, certain crashes of cymbals that you just didn't pick up that weren't at that quarter speed master. Now, when I, w I was a disc jockey with vinyl from the, the 70s on, and then the CD came in, and I remember when that happened, and listening to CDs, and I would get something that I already had and listen to one on CDs, and I was finding that was happening, that right. I was hearing things that I'd never heard in the vinyl. And well, was, you think about you're playing in a, in a club setting, and at the time, you were on what it would now be considered archaic yeah. equipment. There, you you were not playing it for sound quality. You were playing it for sound volume at that point. Yeah, I feel you know we with the with the bass. You know, yeah. nightclub stuff was about the feel. Uh, you know, when I hired you the first time, right. I hired you. I want to feel the music. What are you talking about? I knew what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. Your partner didn't. <laughs> yeah, but I knew what you were talking about. So uh, here it is. This is the Avo. Uh, what exactly is this? This is the classic number two. And uh, it features a Connecticut shade wrapper from Ecuador over binder and filler from the Dominican Republic. And this, this, this cigar was blended to answer the question, who does number two work for? Go ahead, continue. 
this is a Toro. This is a six by fifty-two Toro. And for those who don't know, Avo Avazian was born in 1926 in Beirut. It was known as French Lebanon. He's also an Armenian American jazz pianist and a cigar manufacturer that will turn 89 this year. He was born to a family of musicians. His mother was a singer, while his father was a composer and conductor for a symphony orchestra. Avo joined a jazz trio called the Lebanon Boys, where they performed in Baghdad, where they stood for one year, and after that, they signed a contract to perform at a hotel in Iran. After a year of performing in Iran, the Shah arranged for Avo to travel to the United States in 1947. While living in New York, Avo played multiple bands, while studying classical piano and composition at the Juilliard School, where he met his wife while he was playing a gig at the Catskill Mountains in 1951. Him and his wife, Marie, have three children, Jeffrey, Robert, and Ronnie. Um, well, actually, there's four names here, but it says three children, Jeffrey, Robert, Ronnie, and Alvo Jr. Ovazian was drafted in the Korean War. He was honorably discharged in 1952. After being discharged, he spent the next few years working with his father-in-law designing jewelry. This eventually brought him to Puerto Rico, where he was paid to perform at resorts. In 1983, when Avo's daughter Karen was born, he went to Switzerland for her christening. Avo had a Cuban cigar after the meal and was not happy with the price. His friend mentioned that they should make their own. Uvesian traveled to the Dominican Republic, where he searched for two years for a satisfactory production facility. Avo finally met Hendrik Kellner, and after smoking samples, Avo offered Kellner 25% more than he had originally offered. His presumption was that paying Kellner would ensure more Avo cigars would receive the best tobacco available. In the first year, Avo sold 120,000 cigars. By the third year, Avo sold 750,000. In 1995, Davidoff played Avo Avazian an estimated $10 million for the rights to distribute his cigars, and later they brought him out totally. However, he still works for them presently. 89 years old, still Hang working on a second. Yeah. In 1996, more than 2 million Avos were sold. They paid him initially yep. just to be the distributor. Yes. I cannot what think. What year? What year? Uh, the year is not listed. 1995. 1995. They probably had they bought the factory at that point and now wanted to distribute it and take it from... Seven hundred fifty thousand to two million, and make money on the production, and make money on the. But you you hear about you hear about people paying companies to do the distribution, not companies paying yeah. the people. Well, it's Avo. It's a whole different thing. And Avo also had his hands in on the song "Strangers in the Night," made yep. famous by Frank Sinatra. Yeah. So uh, musical, uh, musical family, and uh, there's a lot of that in the industry. And now we're finding lots of doctors, doctors, and a lot of old people. Living till ninety years old, plus uh, that smoke lots of cigars a day. I know I've known Avo for many, many years, at least twenty years now, and um, he always smokes cigars one after the other after the other. And eighty-nine years old, and eighty-nine more, I hope, um, and we'll we'll see where that goes. But um, they uh, are now um, Avo has been. Um, the forefront guy of the Avo brand. Now the branding has changed a little bit, not taking Avo out of it, but it's Avo the brand, not Avo the man. And using um, the, the, the thoughts of Avo of um, what uh, he is all about is what the brand is all about. 
So it's going to be an interesting ride. Uh, interesting that they uh, had music was part of uh, the introduction of this with the uh, record player that ended up uh, being there. Uh, let me ask you a question, both of you. Did you try playing the plastic record that was on the record player? Tell the truth. Did not try playing it. Is no, it one of the workers at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Nashua is a big audiophile. Yeah. And I saw how happy and excited he was about the unit. Uh, being that I don't own any vial, yeah. vinyl, I uh, gifted him the unit. Oh, really? Okay. So I didn't get to play with it. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it, does that plastic thing play? Well, it has grooves in it, but no, it doesn't because I did try. <laughs> I'm like, could it possibly be? And uh, it, it didn't for me anyway, but I did put a record on it when I got home uh, and played it. And had Wouldn't some... it be funny if it had some message on it? You win $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the band is a little different than it was, too. Uh, a little more shiny, a little more, uh, more elegant, yeah. I would say. Uh, the amazing thing is that the price did not go up. The price actually went down a, ta a tad. Went wow. down a tad. You never see that. Um, all right, so let's give it a uh, cut and light and uh, see what this is all about. It's time to cut out cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the cigar brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. So beautifully... Uh, Cap cigar. Oh, it's always been an elegant cigar. And as you heard uh, from Barry, that he actually asked to pay more mm. than the factory wanted for it, but give me the better quality tobacco. Yeah, step it up. So uh, great, great, great. Uh, we'll be lighting our cigar today with the Vertigo Champ. It's a twenty-four ninety-nine on board. I don't know if you mentioned that in the last hour. That this is that twenty-four dollars. What, just an amazing cigar for that. Th this is the one you want to give as a gift. Yeah. You want it for yourself, yes, but you want it as a gift. Buy two at $24.99 for crying out loud. I promise you that the guy receiving this or the gal receiving this is going to think you paid $100 for it. Right. 25 bucks, built-in bullet cutter, uh, big tank, full metal jacket. Uh, it's awesome. Triple jet. Very, very nice. I believe the industry term is big-ass tank. Yes, yes. <laughs> it is. But uh, on the pre-light, before lighting it, it has that classic Kellner taste. And But I mean, it reminds me of Barnyard. You got the hay. You got a little bit of the wood. You got some of that earthy component. Very classic Kellner. Classic Kellner. Oh, man. It's delicious. You know this is in my wheelhouse. This is yeah. this is where my wheelhouse is. <laughs> this is where it is. Uh, good news to hear from Kathy that they're coming out with a, mm. a shade um, cigar. It'll be interesting uh, if he puts uh, Honduran tobacco in. That sometimes gets a little bitey. But well, how he's only going to put the stuff in that he's tasted himself before he didn't light it. That's what takes him so long, right? To make the blend is he's going to eat it all first. Watch this Kathy brand. Watch it. I'm telling you. We said it first. I don't know if we said it first, but we're going with it anyway. Yeah. We said it first. Watch that brand. So we got the old and the new today. And this one is, is a tweener because it's new again. No, uh, no adjustments to the blend, they're saying. They're saying no adjustments to the blend, but as we had a conversation, I believe, uh, maybe last week, I haven't smoked an Avo in a very, very long time. And it just, to me, it 
tastes different than what I remember Avo tasting like. It, had, it I don't know if it's because it's new again to me. Well, but it's very creamy and very smooth. But every blend is new every year. Right, because the temperature, the climate yeah, changes, the, the rain. Yeah, they don't put the year that's on it, and it's it's a, a you know, it's an ever changing thing. So it certainly changed simply because everything changes every year, no matter what. Um, but I haven't had one in a long, long time too. Not forgotten, but there's always new stuff coming in, and everybody trying the new stuff. The, a relaunch of it. It's going to be very interesting uh, how how it goes. I would have said to you. Uh, you know, relaunching an old brand, I don't know, but look at the grand slam Davidoff hit with Camacho. But that took such a major facelift. Yeah. This was a very subtle, classy change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they added a little bit of foil. They lightened the colors a little bit, so it, there's definitely more pop on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. But it's not as drastic as Camacho. Yeah, was. no. Absolutely. Well, Camacho needed an overhaul. I mean, that, that brand really, really tanked before they did the overhaul, so it needed something big and bright. Avo sales are good. They're solid. Agreed. Uh, it just needed a little bit of updating. That's all. Well, we're going to see how it goes. Right now, it's time to go into the vault here. It's this classic day in classic history brought to you by Classic Cigars. You threw me for a loop. Yeah, you're I skipping over we my asylum. asylum. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to asylum. I'm all sorry. Right. It's time to take a peek into the asylum. They're coming to take me away. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. They're coming to take me Forget away. It. Ho, ho, hee, hee, ha, ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away. <laughs> it's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 6x80 Asylum Cigars Take No Prisoners. When Shaquille O'Neal was drafted into the NBA, he spent the first million that he earned within 30 minutes. O'Neal then received a phone call from his banker who scolded him and told him that he would end up joining the list of former athletes who ended up broke if the current trend continued. O'Neal decided to sharpen his education on business and finance. He returned to college completing his bachelor's degree, followed by his MBA, and lastly, his doctorates. That's right, he is now Dr. Shaq. As of today, Shaq is the joint owner of 155 Five Guys Burgers and no Fries kidding. restaurants, 17 Auntie Annie pretzel restaurants, 150 car washes, 40 24-hour fitness centers, a shopping center, a movie theater, and several Las Vegas nightclubs. In addition to his business holdings, he still earns Get this, $22 million per year, which wow. is roughly $423,000 a week from his endorsement deals with Arizona Cream Soda, Icy Hot, Gold Bond, Buick, Zales, and at least half a dozen additional corporate sponsors. He is also a studio analyst for TNT. In Shaq's own words, it's not about how much money you make. The question is, are you educated enough to keep it? That's insane. That's asylum. That's awesome. Which takes us to our mailbag. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. <laughs> the following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. I'm really surprised you get people to be guests at all. I can only imagine the look on Junior's face after hearing Jonathan's fantasy about jacking off a horse. It was a great show with useful insight. 
into the industry and an enjoyable interview, but I shut it off right after the poor attempt at humor. Not signed. No place of origin. This is coming from. It looks like a fake email address. I have to assume it was Barry sending it, and I will disregard it so every with every time, fiber of my being. Every time you get a bad email, it's going to be, I'm sending it. That's, that's what I'm going with. Interesting. Yes. That's and and the person who wrote it's probably shocked that he actually read it after talking bad about you. But uh, hey, that's what it, I do. It is a poor attempt at humor. Listen, you have to always go to the to the gutter. You have to go as deep down into the gutter as you can. It's, it's part what, of your charm. It's what I do. <laughs> it's, it's who funny. I am. Love it or leave it. That's it. All right. It is now time for the Classic Three-Way. This Classic Three-Way is brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In classic history. It is looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban 